Great to be in church with you today. Hey, we're continuing our series uh, called New Skills for the Next Season. If you feel stuck right now, there might have been a decision, uh, maybe an opportunity that you missed, maybe just something in your mindset that you need to change in order to step into the next season, the new season that God has for you. We call it skills, like the ability to perceive what wisdom looks like in application. The ability to know what God would want from you or God is asking you. Because this word that's been given to us for 2,000 plus years, it's holy. We believe it's, a, it's, a, it's set apart by God to accomplish a God purpose. And in this holy book, there's not just stories of heroes of the Old Testament and the powerful transformative message of the gospel in the New Testament, but there's also just these bits and pieces of wisdom that if you would learn how to apply wisdom, it would give you a skill set. It would give you the ability to grow what you have in your life right now. In fact, the Bible says, Solomon, the wisest man apart from Jesus to ever walk the earth, in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, it says, if the ax is dull and its edge unsharpened, you gotta use more strength. It takes more effort. It takes more energy. But skill will bring success. If you allow God to show you how to sharpen even some of your natural abilities, it will bring more momentum. So you don't have to work harder, you can actually work smarter. You don't have just more effort, but you can have that, that edge. And we, as the people of God, we as believers, not only do we have this gift of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, not only do we have the grace of God on our life, but we've been given the word of God to grow our lives so we know how to husband well, and we know how to father well, and we can know how to be a great mom, to be a great friend. We know how to discern what wise decisions are. We know how to do some short-term sacrifice for long-term significance. And if we're going into a new season and you don't like where you're at, well, we can start right here and right here getting some of God's wisdom so we can go there, the place that God has prepared for us. I wanna continue my message from last week, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. Fools, Bible's words, not mine, fools think their own way is right, but the wise, the wise listen to others. Wise people get counsel. Last week we talked about sound selection. Not just the wise voices, but some of maybe the foolish voices or people that might mean well, but they don't have fruit in their life. Fruit would be what the Bible talks about is the, the grace at work in your life. That they're not using what God has given. They're maybe just seeing things from man's point of view. So they have only the results of their own effort, not God's divine grace. In sound selection, last week we looked at the life of David on his way to the battlefield, from being left behind to facing Goliath. The event that catapulted him into his calling, he had all sorts of voices that he had to make a sound selection about. People that didn't believe in him, people that thought he didn't have the ability, people that tried to undermine his calling, voices of fear, negativity, cynicism. That sometimes sound selection is about removing the wrong voices in your life in order to choose the right voices. Psalms chapter one, verse one says, blessed is the one who does not follow the advice of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take 
or sit in the company of mockers. But that person, it goes on to say, is like a tree. It's a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. When you're listening to the right thing, you're being led by the right thing, you are planting yourself in the right place. And it says no matter what the climate of the world around it, no matter what is going on in the economy, it says you will bear fruit in every single season. Some voices try to uproot you from the place of purpose that God is trying to plant you in. Some voices try to steal the fruit off the vine. And yet there are voices that God allows, God wants, God designed for you to grow, to get wise counsel so you can make your way to what God has prepared for you. Not every voice that auditions deserves center stage in your life. We're going to talk about sound selection part two. I'm going to call it the companions of your calling. And I know we already prayed for our city and our giving, but I want to pray that this message hits home to your heart. So we're not mailing this prayer in. We're all praying together that God would open up what Jesus talks these that you, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, that your heart would be ready to what he wants to say to you. Can we all do that? Come on, let's all pray together. Father God, I thank you that you're speaking. You speak through your word. You speak through your Holy Spirit. I believe you even have things that you want me to speak into the hearts of your people. And wherever they feel stuck, wherever they feel like they can't break out of a cycle, God, I thank you a word from you, a word received and applied from you can bring radical change. Sharpen us. Let us hear your voice. Let the word saturate our heart. Let it bring forth the harvest. Let us plant ourselves on purpose in the place that you've positioned us. Lord, I thank you. You're speaking. We're listening. We're obeying. And we're moving forward. In Jesus' name, a loud and crazy plaza and north, 11 a.m. said? Amen. Amen. Plaza, you know you got real faith when you say amen to me on the screen. Okay. The companions of your calling. See, the skill you need to develop is one of choosing, choosing the voices that will actually fuel your future. Because if you are the smartest person in the room, you could be an expert on some things, but if you're the smartest person about everything, how many know you need a bigger room? You need some other voices involved as well. My, my last two years of high school, only did four years, believe it or not, my last two years of high school, we moved from Seattle back to Oklahoma. And I found myself with a couple of, of, of very close friends. There was five of us total, and uh, we just did everything together. And we were like rowdy as high schoolers would be. If you don't think there's much to do in Kansas City, try Oklahoma. There's nothing to do. So we got ourselves in a little bit of trouble. Uh, we, we, we would prank some people. I mean, real gangster stuff. Not quite. But it was pretty junior varsity. Just stupid things that we would do, prank calls, dumb stuff like that. But if Mischief had a professional league, there was a guy in our school that would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know if he's alive right now. I don't know if he's in jail. My guess would be jail. My guess would be, because this guy was crazy. This guy was absolutely crazy. His name was Nathan, and he, uh, he had a custom van. And every dad out there that has a daughter knows that is a guy your daughter will not date. <laughs> and Nathan was just known for just nonstop pranks all the time. And one time, uh, my friend group and his friend group decided we're going to collaborate on a night of mischief. 
uh, we went out, and I mean, I'm totally, toilet papering was child's play compared to what this guy did. And it was one night of shenanigans that ended up being a night of terror for this poor, well, not poor, wealthy, gated community. And the whole time we were doing it, I just kept thinking, man, this is escalating quickly. I'm not prepared for this. There was uh, probably this voice of the Holy Spirit or, the, or my, the, the thought of my parents having to get me out of juvenile detention. Um, there was just this voice that kept resonating that kept saying, hey, you got this is way too far. This is way too much. And I remember thinking, this is not good. This is not gonna end well. And somehow we made it out, but never again did I ever hang out with that guy because it, it just was not good. Apostle Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Paul's actually quoting this poet, this Greek poet in that age. In other words, the word, the Bible affirms what even the world knows, that you become like those you associate with. And I'll say it this way because we're talking about the sound selection and the voices you listen to. The loudest voices in your life will help you or just derail you from making decisions. They, they will form your decisions. Your daily decisions become your character. And your character even gets you, either gets you into your calling or keeps you out of that place of purpose. Voices influence choices. Choices determine character. Character determines the course of your life. This is why the Bible is adamant. You gotta guard your heart. And the access granted to your heart comes through what you listen to. Because there's people that you can keep around you that can keep you on your path or can keep you out of your place of calling and purpose. When Paul says, hey, watch out for the company that you keep, the Greek word for company means three things. It means conversation, association, and intimacy. In other words, it's conversation. Who are you talking to? Who are you listening to? And what are you talking about? Paul says, be careful with what you're listening to and what you're talking about. Second, it's association. Who are you known to be around? Third, it's intimacy. Who are you close with? And we all know whatever is intimate reproduces. And so when you allow association and intimacy in community with people that have stuff in their life that is detrimental to who you're called to be, the spiritual truth is that those you're around reproduce in your life. This is why you need the skill of sound selection. Do I want the fruit of their life? They might be fun. They might be family. But is this God's best for my future? It is a skill to turn out and tune out detrimental voices. And it is a skill to know and perceive and desire right voices in your life. We say often here at, at Kingdom City, you need friends of your future. Not just friends. We all need community. But we need a community of calling. In other words, it's people headed the same direction as you. It's people that believe and what the Word of God says about life, about self-leadership, about Jesus, about your future. See, success and significance is never a one-man show. Even the greatest solo athletes have a support team. They have a coach, a trainer. They have sparring partners. They have a nutritionalist, a dietitian. Even Tiger Woods has a caddy. Like every one of us needs some other voices if we're going to be 
at our God best. See, the company you keep around you determines the future before you. And friends, you are the CEO of your own life, and you get to choose who sits in the boardroom with you. Proverbs 13 says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Since it ends on falling to pieces, it seems like a sad proverb at a moment. But if you actually look at it, it actually gives you opportunity. It says you don't have to be wise to become wise. You don't have to have all the answers to get the right answers. In other words, you just have to walk with the right people. So you find yourself in a broken place or a falling apart place, a foolish place, you might be able to find some new people to start to walk with, and it will change the trajectory and the course of your life. The Bible says that some of these friends are going to say some things that might sound harsh in the moment, but they'll actually help you in the long run. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Proverbs 27, I love this translation, it says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. If no one has challenged your mindset, mentality, what you talk about, what you think about, the way that you live, you need some new voices. You need some new friends. You need some real friends. But it says an enemy multiplies kisses, and we're not talking about Hershey's. They just like you where you're at. They want to keep you where you're at. They just encourage you no matter what. But there is this gift of challenge. The Bible talks about iron sharpens iron. So one of us together, two of us together, make each other better. And this whole series is about finding that skill, that edge for your future. You might need to be in contact with some other people that want to be sharp, that want to be kingdom successful the way that you desire as well. So I know this church is always a church of encouragement. We're always about the grace of God, the hope of God, but every once in a while we need to hear the voice of God that might feel a little bit like a surgery. But if it cuts out the wrong thing, then it means that the right thing can actually happen. Proverbs 27, five says, better an open rebuke than a hidden love. You, you've got too much in your future for you to waste your potential by just only allowing people that tell you what you wanna hear. To get forward, you're going to need new friends. It's not a biblical parable, but it's a story we all know. It, it, it is the, the emperor's new clothes. That he had every yes man around him telling him he looked great. But the dude was naked. He had no clothes on at all. And some of you, if only people tell you everything you want to hear all the time. If they never balance you out with a biblical viewpoint. If they never encourage you to grow in your Christ-like character. You need a new covering in your life. You need new voices in your life. Let me give you three voices you need to succeed. These are the companions of your calling. You need the voice of a leader. You need someone to be an example for you. This is a picture of your potential. If we're going back to David, who made a sound selection to get rid of the negative voices, Let's look at the positive voices in his life as well. David had a Samuel, older and prophetic, that knew God well and could speak about God things in his life. He could see the God thing in him, but not even at first. Uh, as we looked at last week, when, when Jesse, David's dad, brings all the sons in, David's left out of the field. And when they bring him in, Samuel at first thinks that Eliab, the tallest, the, the, the handsome one, 
that obviously would be the choice for king, but God was speaking something different to Samuel. That God doesn't look on the outward appearance, God's looking at the heart. And even though his own family left him out in the pasture, God was pursuing him because he knew that was a heart after him. And so then Samuel anoints David as king, puts that kingly calling on him. And for Samuel 19, Samuel protects David. In 1 Chronicles 26, Samuel advises David to pick new gatekeepers in the kingdom because he had the wrong people in places of influence. I think for me, I have been mentored by other ministers for years, even before I met them. I learned from them. I listened to their sermons, and I read their books, and I leaned into whatever they had to say. But I will tell you that the leader that you need, although I'm the leader of this church, you need someone a lot older than me and a lot wiser than me. You actually have a leader in your life, and his name is Jesus. That every single one of them, if it's someone to get your potential from, that you need the one that placed that potential in you. And every single believer, no matter where you've come from and no matter how long you've been following Jesus, you have an in Christ potential. That means that even me, um, as encouraging as I might be, I cannot see all the God gifting on the inside of you, but God knows exactly where he put it and the way he wants to work it out of your life for the future that he's prepared for the calling on your life. And so this is why we develop a culture and build a culture, protect a culture of our church that is all about becoming more like Jesus. Sure, there's some areas of my life as though I am far from perfect. Uh, Apostle Paul says you can imitate me as I imitate Christ, and there's places in my life that you can learn from. But ultimately, you're not to become just like me. You're called to become just like Christ. And so we have a culture here that's filled with hope, it's filled with grace, but it's also filled with encouragement and challenge because who you are in Christ is who the world really needs to come alive. You need the leadership goal of not some influencer or some celebrity, you need to look at your king and your savior because that's who you're called to become. Companions of your calling, you not only need the voice of a leader, you need the voice of a trainer. You could say a teacher, someone to educate, and to motivate. How many people ever did the free sign up with a, with a personal trainer? Started at a new gym, no one has ever done a personal trainer. Thank you, you and me, getting fit. How many know that first one is too easy? They kinda tell you what you, oh yeah, you look great, form looks good. And then you sign up and then it's time for real results and you're not gonna be able to walk up the stairs for three days. Why do they always start with legs? Although it doesn't feel good in the moment, it brings the best out of you. It works on some things that you might have passed by. It's a challenge to pull out your best. It keeps you, what, accountable. A trainer wants to know, what did you eat? How did you work out? How many times, how, how well are you resting? There's accountability there. David had that as well. David had accountability through another younger prophet named Nathan. Nathan shows up, and he's got a friendship with David, but he's a spiritual authority of David. And Nathan was not afraid to speak hard truth to David when he needed it the most. In 2 Samuel 7, David, or Nathan shuts down a dream that David has. And David wants to build something for God. And Nathan says, it isn't the time. It's not the place. Actually, you're to prepare this for the next generation. 
How many know a, a real trainer in your life isn't getting you just to think about you and your dreams, think about a longer dream, a greater dream, a God dream on the other side of your life? It's not thinking about just your own desires. It's thinking about destiny and, and, and heritage and legacy that comes after you. But probably the greatest example of this trainer voice is in 2 Samuel chapter 12, where Nathan just flat out calls David on his sin with Bathsheba. It got real quiet when I said the S word up here. The sin in his life, that this wasn't the plan of God, that this was the opposite. This was choosing your own thing, not God's thing. And, and he comes to him, and he, and he comes to him uh, rather wisely. He doesn't confront the king in front of everybody. That, that, that might have cost him a, an issue. He pulls the king aside. He speaks to the king. He tells him a story. He says, hey, there's this, this man, and all he had in this world was this little lamb. And then there was this man of much more influence and power and much more wealth, and he takes that lamb from him. If anything, I think like Nathan was pulling on David's heartstrings as he was just a guy with a little lamb back in the day watching after the sheep. And David gets infuriated at this injustice. And then Nathan points him right in the eye and says, that was you. You took something that belonged to someone else and you didn't have to. That wasn't God's best for you. Calls him to repentance. In the same way, you need a voice in your life. You need a voice that says, this is not God's best. I promise you, listen, listen. If you have not had that voice speak to you in a while, if you do not have that voice in your life right now, you aren't in God's best. Because challenge changes us. And none of us are perfect. All of us need grace. And we do it in a way where we, the Bible says we speak the truth in love. And if you're telling everyone all the problems in the world and you're spouting off online of what everyone else is doing wrong and your motivating factor isn't love and life change, then you're out of alignment and you need to change. But you need a voice of challenge in your life. You need the voice of a trainer. You also need the voice of a friend. And some of you only have this voice. And it's a good one, but I would not start here. I would be going after Jesus, getting the training and the teaching I need, and I would develop the friends that are friends of my future. These are people that enhance your life. And we all need them. You're not called to live in isolation. These are people that work with you, they'll laugh with you, they'll cry for you, they'll pray for you, they'll pray with you. David had a Jonathan. Now, Jonathan was Saul's oldest son, and Jonathan had a lot to lose in this relationship, but Jonathan could see the calling on David's life and was willing to bring him in out of the pasture to get a little taste of the palace because he could see the potential in his life. But this wasn't a one-sided affair that Jonathan looked after David and David looked after Jonathan. In fact, after Jonathan died on the battlefield, David took out care of his son, Mephibosheth. In other words, they were in covenant together. This was friendship but it was around their belief in God. It was God intertwined in their calling and destiny. They sacrificed for each other. They were loyal to each other, even though Jonathan didn't need anything from David. This is one in 1 Samuel 20. Men, just brace yourself. They shared their emotions with each other. I know. That's a big ask on a Sunday. But if you're holding in pain, if you're holding in heartache, 
if you've got resentment, if there's been wounds from your yesterday and you have never shared it with another believer, I'm telling you one right God opportunity to speak about how you feel might actually set you free from everything that used to hold you back. We need those kind of friends of our future. Some of you only have friends that are connections to your past, but you need a person who's living in the palace. You need someone who's planted in God's house on purpose. You need kingdom friends. I'm going to give you a fourth one, bonus one, that you don't just have friends for yourself to look after or to look to and to look after you and to encourage you. You need someone else you're encouraging. You need a person to pour into, to speak into others. And that's why David had a Solomon. He had a son, something that was going to go on after him. Someone for him to help train and to mentor. He, he, a disciple. But we don't build disciples unto ourselves. We build disciples unto Jesus. And I would just speak this to men and women in our church who have been following Jesus for a long time. If you haven't gotten involved and activated in encouraging the next generation, we are missing your voice that is important to pass on legacy because we're building here at Kingdom City a 100-year-old church in the making. We're building here generationally for sons and daughters, grandsons and granddaughters, great-grandchildren to grow in the faith because if we're going to build this kingdom and if we're going to reach this city, it's got to be bigger than us. It's also a great way just to grow your own life because if you're just a, a cesspool of self, you'll never experience the significance of what it's like to lean in and encourage other people. When I got out of Bible college and I was trying to, I, wanted, I knew I was called a full-time ministry, uh, but I had a full-time job and I still did ministry. I had this opportunity to, uh, to go in and lead this youth group. Um, it was in kind of the hood in Los Angeles and um, none of the kids looked like me. None of them grew up like I did. Half of them, their first language wasn't even English. And yet I was the one that got the opportunity. And knowing I was the only one for a while until I built a small team that just showed up to encourage and to preach. And most of the times they weren't listening. But when I ended up leaving and moving, I tell you, I could see the difference I actually made. But it was great for my own life because it wasn't just about me. I mean, you know, being a young man in Los Angeles can have all sorts of issues and problems, but I had some other people I was accountable to that needed me to walk in integrity. In the same way, when you get a life that's bigger than yourself and you're leaning into leading and helping and serving others, it holds you into a place where God can polish out some of the rough areas and reveal some of the places of calling and purpose. These voices need to strengthen your shortcomings because you don't have it all together. You are not good enough alone to be all that you're called to be. Even Moses, Moses needed that voice. For whatever reason, he was insecure to speak. God gave him an Aaron. Not an Aaron to run, an A-A-R-O-N, an Aaron to help him. Someone to speak with him, someone to encourage him, someone to stand with him. When he was leading God's people in the wilderness, it, it was chaos and out of control. He needed a Jethro, not from the Beverly Hillbillies, but his father-in-law. He comes and says, hey, this isn't wise. Let me show you how to set up your leadership structure so that you can actually do more for others. Romans chapter 1 says, I want us to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me, and my faith will help you. Can we build this culture at Kingdom City? And it's not all about us just getting our God dreams. That we're trying to build other people's dreams and other people's callings and purposes as well. That even if you got a little bit of faith, add it into this pot together because it's building people. It's the beauty of church. And if you're missing 
out on, I'm building something bigger than you. I just bring you to the invitation to life of significance. I'd encourage you to go to Next Steps today. It's not even a class anymore. You just sign up to, to get connected with someone that's gonna help you get integrated into this church family. But if you're a believer, maybe you've been coming for a while, or maybe you're a new believer and you never got connected in church, you're missing the beauty of this collective faith of what God is doing. This company that I keep, these companions of my calling are there to also grow your gifting. Again, I said iron sharpens iron. It makes you better. As we work together, we grow our abilities and we what? We amplify our gifts. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9, we work together as partners who, who belong to God. The team and the staff and the volunteers set up the House of Hope serve day yesterday. And there's leaders from our church that, did, that led the way in every single one of the initiatives around the metro area that we did. And I got to show up. And I didn't have to lead everything, even though I'm the leader here. And they did their part. And I carried groceries with some of my guys out to cars. But I got to pray for people. I got to pray and do my part. And if everyone did their part, there was something beautiful that was happening in every one of those interactions. In fact, in all of the grocery days that we've done, even in the midst of the pandemic, people were more open to prayer this time than ever before. It was like this... God was showing me, Jesus was revealing that what he spoke was true 2,000 years ago, still relevant today, that the fields are white with harvest. You gotta get your eyes up off your own issue and look at what God allows us to do, this thing that's eternal, this thing that's significant, this thing that matters the most. And I got to be a part of it, but I didn't do every part, I did my part. And, 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 and so many of us did our part and watch and see what God does with the rest. 1 Corinthians 3 says we work together as partners who belong to God. It means we expand our effort together. Your little bit of energy and effort and skill and sacrifice and mine and ours together builds something bigger in the future, and it builds your life. Ecclesiastes 4 says two people are always better than one because they accomplish more by their working together. In the Bible, it says there's a spiritual truth to this, that one can send a 1,000 to flight and two together can send 10,000. Another one, one person alone standing strong can run off a thousand enemies, but two together, it's not an addition, it's multiplication. This is a spiritual grace on us as we get united together. We get the right voices. We keep the right culture. This isn't about us. It's about King Jesus and what's on his heart for humanity. And we start making a multiplication difference with our calling I tell you, that is the next season of your life. If you've been in a season of isolation or insecurity, you start to step into a season of serving and surrender. Get the right voices in your life. I promise you, where you're going in your future, you won't even believe. Where God will take you in that place. The next verse says in verse 10 of Ecclesiastes 4, if you fall. How many know that if is more like a win? I'm not saying about big life-destroying moments and bad decisions, by the way, those never happen in one moment. That is a slow slide of regression. And when you get the wrong voices around for too long or you don't listen to the right ones, you find yourself in a place of brokenness. But when you fall, more than if you fall, a companion can help you get up. But if you fall by yourself, you're in real trouble because there's no one there to help you. You need voices in your life that will help you when you're hurting. We've all been there. Most of us have probably been there more recently than you could believe. I'll be honest with you, this week I needed the voice of Liz to encourage me. I was just having, I was just having a little pity party for myself. I'm like, God, with this situation and that situation, I'm overwhelmed by this. And, uh, 
I'm so pale. I got sunburned the other day. No, and I, just, I just honestly just needed, and she's like, well, what about this? What about this? I was like, honestly, babe, I don't need a coach. I just need someone to care. And she cares. And she prayed for me. She laid hands on me. She encouraged me. Went to bed that night. I woke up feeling completely the opposite direction that I felt. How about that? Do you have a friend that can pray for you? Do you have a voice that will just be there to encourage you? Do you have that person that can challenge you? They're there for the days when it feels like it's never going to stop raining. People there to help you when you're hurting. Friend, if you do not have that in your life, I promise you as a church, we will be that. We will not be perfect because we're not perfect people. But we will participate in whatever your pain moment is. We'll be, we'll be there to hear you out. Not just give you a, a, a quick, here's a one-two step to success and significance. We're going to walk through with you for the long haul. But you need to be ready and available to hear the words of correction too. And we bring care, but we also bring correction because that will ultimately change you and grow you into the man or woman of God, going in the right direction of your calling and your purpose. How do you find these people? Well, Jesus, we know we find him. We find him in the local church. We find him in the word of God. We find him that's our own devotion and time with the Holy Spirit. I believe you find him in church. But ultimately, if you really want to find one of these people, be one to someone else. I will speak this, that you can pour into someone in our church even if you're new to the faith. If you're in your mid-20s, early 30s, we have kids, a kingdom kids. We have youth. We have people that just need encouragement. And maybe all you got down is a few verses. Well, those couple of verses, spoken with genuine authenticity to someone who needs it in the moment. can be Some kids, some youth, they just need someone to care. And if you can care just a little bit, you can make a lot of difference in the life of someone. And I would just encourage you, do not settle for just friends at church. Do not settle for just a connect group where you get along with them. No, you have a calling. You need, you need people to speak the right voice. This is sound selection, the skill of choosing the people that sit at the boardroom of your life and of your heart. Let me give you one big one. If they have never or are not currently choosing God first in every area of your life, you cannot Choose them as a primary voice in your heart and in your life. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, it is harsh. Because if they're not God first, they might be good people. They might have been good yesterday. But we are God first people. We're not perfect people. We're God first people. Which means we believe that he's perfecting that which concerns us. But we have put him on the throne of our heart and our mind. His word is our authority. His mission is our mission. His goal is our goal, to seek and save the lost. 2 Corinthians 6, I love this from this paraphrase. Don't team up with those who reject God. How can you make partnership out of right and wrong? That's not a partnership. That's war. What are we experiencing right now in our nation? War. One side fighting against the other. But friends, there is a better way. There is a kingdom way. It is a way of grace. It is a way of care. It's still a way of truth. We don't water down the truth. Well, we administer to love and encouragement. At the end of it all, I want to do life. I want to lead a church that we are far more interested in bringing people to Jesus than accomplishing our own agenda. God dreams will come to pass. Bigger than you can imagine. Better than you've ever dreamed of. That's what he has in store. But it's when we come into alignment for a mission that's bigger than us. I don't want people around me to just say the right thing. 
that feels good in the moment. I want them to speak truth that moment by moment will lead me to the place where I'm supposed to be. I don't want to live listening to the critics. Friends, if you've got critical voices in your ear, it's the difference between them challenging you with God's best for your life and them critiquing everything that you do. You need people that encourage you and by the grace of God are ministering truth and love to you. But we can't help save this world if we need its approval at the same time. You need voices to choose sound selection of these companions of your calling. Acts 15, last verse, verse 26. Along with Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas' name literally meant encourager, son of encouragement. We are sending some men who have risked their lives for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word risk literally means leveraged. That they have put all in on all that Jesus wants. I'm gonna bet my life on the way the Bible says to live. I'm gonna risk my life, leverage my life for Jesus to lead the way. I'm all in on all that God has for me. And I wanna encourage you to listen to the voices of people that have leveraged their life for the cause of Jesus Christ. And when we do, we're gonna kill some giants. We're not listening to the voices of yesterday. We got a sound selection of destiny and purpose. We're gonna, we're gonna defeat some giants. And when we do, we're gonna rule well. We're gonna lead well. We're gonna serve well. We're gonna love well like David did as well. Not perfect. And what are we gonna do? We're gonna prepare the next generation like David did to Solomon to go farther than us. We're gonna clear the ground so he can build the house, so he can build the temple. And let it be said about us, Kingdom City Church, like it was said about David, that we served God in our generation that we listen to the right voices, that we fulfilled the purpose of heaven. And friend, you are never too old and it's never too late for you to get the right voices in your life so that the rest of your life, as long as you might live, might be everything that God has called you to be and become and to build with the future that's right in front of you. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet if you're here or on the plaza. I wanna pray for you. The ultimate companion of your calling is the voice of God. We talked about it last week. It is the voice of the good shepherd. That my main job is not to be your life coach. And my main job isn't just to be a voice of encouragement. I'll do that. But my job is to get you to hear from heaven for yourself. To get you around people of purpose in your life as well. I'm gonna lead the charge, Liz and I, of where we're going as a church. And we're going to some beautiful God-ordained places in the very near future. But I promise you this, if you begin to tune into the sound of heaven for your own life, you will love the person that you're becoming, the father, the husband, the mother, the wife, the leader. You will love the person because it's the person God created you to be. There is a voice out there that is speaking. It will not speak above all the noise. You gotta learn to tune into it for yourself. But the good shepherd wants to speak and the good shepherd will show you exactly what to do. He won't try to get you to make a giant jump or leap of faith. He directs your steps. He'll give you the next step to take. And some of you know the next step God's called you to take and it's time to take it. For some of you, that step is full submission to the Holy Spirit, fully giving your heart over to God to receive that gift of grace. We're gonna receive that in a moment as a church. That's for you. That's your moment of next step that God has for you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that your voice, let it be the loudest voice, let it be the, the voice of priority and purpose in our life. For those on the plaza online, for the men of Lansing, for us here up north, 
I thank you that we're hearing your voice. I thank you all the old voices of doubt and discouragement. We're tuning out and we're sound selecting voices that are companions of our calling. I thank you that we're going after you, our leader, Jesus. I think we're getting the training, the challenge, the encouragement that we need to keep going in this race of our faith. God, I thank you that we got friends of our future around us, that we don't sit around gossiping on what someone else did. No, we're talking about what God's doing in our lives and what we believe God's called us to do. I think that we're pouring into another generation. I speak over kingdom kids and over our youth and over our young adults, every college-age kid in our church. I thank you that we're gonna build an atmosphere and a spiritual home here where they will grow into everything they are called to become. And we will change the city and we will reach this region and we're gonna touch the world through generational change. And Lord, let it start right here in us. God, I thank you for your voice resonating louder than all the noise of this world. And as we hear and obey you, you will lead us into the places in this next season that are filled with fruit and fulfillment in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe that, if you receive that, can we go ahead and give him some praise? Come on, let's worship together.